We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Tuesday, November 8th edition of the RotoWire NFL podcast brought to you by No House Advantage, obviously. Hey, it's different setup, right? I'm in a different place. Jake's in a different place, but it's the same two guys getting you set for the Week 10 waiver wire. Four teams on by, obviously plenty to discuss. So we'll hit the break here, or I guess the intro, I should say, uh, and then we'll get right back to discussing everything. Again, welcome to the Tuesday, November 8th edition of the Birdwire Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by No House Advantage. I'm Joe Bartlett. Follow me at JB Fantasy Sports. Follow Jake at uh, Roto Jake. Obviously, Week 10 waiver wire priority. We already get people in the comments saying, like, got Saquon Barkley on waivers. So we can uh, already say we're already set for that guy. I don't have to help him out whatsoever. But for the rest of you who aren't spoiled with the Saquon Barkley on waivers, plenty to discuss today. Uh, yeah, Monday night recap absolutely. for the Ravens Saints, too. Yeah, it's, it's funny with Saquon Barkley because, you know, the Giants are on by last week. And I think the theme of a lot of our pickups this week are going to be players that saw their uh, ownership level decrease because of so many teams on by last week. So many teams and, and managers were in a bye week crunch that they probably had to make some undesirable drops. And uh, there are going to be some names. There are some names that are surprisingly under our 50% threshold that mm. you definitely want to check out first. And, of course, we'll have your regular deep dives uh, for you as well. Yeah, it's been the key the last two weeks when we had the six teams on by last week, the 14 or the I guess there's only two this week, but some critical ones, too, and difficult roster decisions. We'll get to all that and more. First, a word from our sponsors, No House Advantage. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Play them a pick contest versus other people for shot at winning cash prizes. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot at hundreds of thousand dollars every week. You can test your skills versus the house. And 20x your entry. If you hit all your picks, be up, bet up to five player props, overrunners, or individual player matchups across every major sport league, including NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up now with promo code NHWIRE. That's NHWIR at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app on the App Store to get a first deposit match up to $25. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined. It's not just how you play but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. Before we really get into the Week 10 waiver wire pickups, let's talk first about the Monday Night Match between the Ravens and Saints. Now, I'll be honest, Jake, as you can tell, I'm here. I'm not feeling very well. You can guess with what I am dealing with. I fell asleep probably through the first quarter of that contest. I woke up to see Lamar Jackson barely won a few of my matchups. I needed them to. Uh, Andy Dalton also struggled up until the last junk time touchdown. Through that interception that really kind of cost them uh, any chance of coming back in this contest. What were your overall thoughts about this for the Ravens? We were about Sean mm-hmm. Bateman for the year, Mark Andrews for this week, possibly. Same with Gus, Gus Edwards, too, because they're on bye, so it's going to matter now for mm-hmm. two weeks for this team. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I watched about 75% of this game, which I think is pretty good, <laughs> given there were 200 <laughs> college basketball games for opening night yesterday, and I had to direct some traffic there. But um, I watched as much of this game as I could. It was kind of like Badgers on one screen, and then I would catch this game on my phone. And But honestly, it was another lackluster you know, lopsided primetime matchup. I mean, the score looks a little better by the Saints scoring a very, very fluky touchdown late. Otherwise, this would have been a 27 to 6 game. The Saints offense stagnated. They could not execute in the red zone. They could not protect Andy Dalton, which made me think, you know, I was like wondering, like, Jameis isn't going to be any worse than this. You might as well throw Jameis. Maybe he's a little bit mobile. But I will say that if Jameis took some of the hits Dalton took last night with his 
fractured vertebrae already, he probably would have a broken back. So I guess I can see uh, why they're doing that to protect Jameis, I guess. On the Ravens' side, no Gus Edwards, no Mark Andrews, really no problem here. Kenyon Drake uh, had 109 total yards and two touchdowns. He filled in very well. Isaiah Likely, uh, you know, for such a hot top tight end pickup, he was a guy that um, barely made it worth it. He had a 24-yard touchdown on the opening drive, and that didn't catch any of his other four targets, which, interestingly enough, he led the team with five targets. So uh, no real DuVernay show, uh, no real Demarcus Robinson show over there. Ten different pass catchers caught a pass from Baltimore. No, not a single one had more than five targets or more than 24 yards. So that should kind of tell you what kind of a game this was. This was Baltimore all the way. Um, and, you know, disappointing uh, fantasy largely for the Saints. Kamara was pretty disappointing. Olave was serviceable. He continues to be the main guy over there. Of course, Jarvis Landry was inactive. We thought maybe he'd be back this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All that there, especially the pass catchers, you thought it'd be interesting. I, you know, Deshaun Jackson makes his return to the NFL uh, plays, obviously, because they have Bateman out. It, nobody really ended up standing out, um, even after Isaiah Likely. I thought after that first catch, it was like, all right, Isaiah Likely, here to go. Obviously, he was one of the mm-hmm. top waiver wire pe- uh, pickup and recommendations last week. Monster Didn't really game turn coming, right? Not so yeah, fast. Uh, not exactly. Uh, anything else you want to discuss about that Monday night game, or we could just move on? Um, I think we can just move on here. I, I kind of hit the quick hitters uh, there. Um, oh, I guess uh, I should shout out Justin Houston. We very, very, rarely, very rarely touch on IDPs. He had two and a half sacks and a pick. I mean, the old timeless veteran was uh, was everywhere. And as someone Andy Dalton probably had nightmares about last night. I thought you were going to say it's a stake league play for you, Mister a third place or whatever it is right now with your crazy oh, yeah. total. Yeah, we're crushing that. But um, <laughs> unfortunately, all my IDPs are on buy or hurt this week. So it was a very it was a unique week. Uh, but uh, I think I still got the W. Pretty sure I still got the W. Yeah, I, I, I would Justin assume. Justin Tucker put me over the edge, if anything. <laughs> Best $2 spend ever. Given your point total, I would imagine so, too. We got plenty of questions coming in, a, a lot of them more uh, focused on other things other than waiver wire right now. So we'll we'll make sure we address them towards the end of the show, talking about a couple of uh, plans for week 14, 15, and 16, Jake, if you're ready to answer those types of things. Again, we'll get to all those at the end of the show. Um, week 10 buys this week. So Ravens, Bengals, Jets, Patriots, a dual AFC North, AFC East uh, ones. Obviously not as as prominent as we had a couple weeks ago with the Rams and Eagles and Vikings, but still some quarterbacks possibly that you're you're missing out on, certainly some running backs and receivers too. Um, We had talked about Justin Fields last week as a top waiver wire pickup. Boy, did he ever do well. I actually have a best ball league in the NFFC where Fields scored 55 points. Uh, He ended up putting Patrick Mahomes' 40 points on my bench, which I thought was kind of fantastic uh, to think about a little bit. Obviously, Fields is widely available now. Somebody's asking, they have Fields as the quarterback one. They're planning for week 14, 15, and 16 quarterbacks. Do you feel like this is an aberration, like Fields is going to end up not being literally this dominant? Or have the Bears actually unlocked something with Fields? Like, he's, is he someone that you want to trade for at this point? I don't expect, you know, too many more 40-point games, but I think he's safe to put in the top 15 quarterbacks, maybe even top 10 rest of season here. Um, he's... <laughs> I don't know. He's in a division where there are some soft defenses here. He has a very nice um, schedule coming up. I mean, he gets Detroit next week, you know, and then Atlanta the week after. So that's three weeks in a row. I mean, that's part of the reason we advocated for him last week. He had three weeks in a row of bottom five defenses against opposing quarterbacks, and he really showed it, um, you know, against the Dolphins here. I think it's I saw a stat since week five or week six. He's QB one in fantasy, which is a little bit surprising here. Um, I would feel, unfortunately, I got too impatient with Justin Fields in my personal rosters. You know, he was a drop after week three or four with how that Bears offense looked. And uh, and now I have to pay a, uh, a heavy, heavy price if I want to get him back. So um, so, so it's a tough call, but I very much think it's uh, sustainable and he could be your QB1 rest of the season. I, I have absolutely no problem with that. I mean, would you rather have Fields or Rodgers the rest of the year, for example? Oh, Obviously, well, easily. Rodgers Rodgers is like... You know? Yeah, I mean, Rodgers is droppable. Would you rather have Fields or Russell Wilson? Obviously, the answer is Fields. Would you rather have Fields or Tom Brady? I mean, probably Fields over Brady, too. He gets a little bit closer there. But uh, those, I mean, those three guys we mentioned were pretty much 100% drafted. And, you know, Fields was an afterthought. Now he's your QB1 the rest of the year. Yeah, you're right. Another one was Derek Carr for me. I would have Fields over Derek Carr every single time. Now that's for the top 12 to to enter enter the season. Now, Rodgers is like, Quarterback twenty five at my like he's he's Ryan Tannehill level. I'm not touching him ever uh, again the rest of the season. I hope the Packers don't either. I hope he gets benched. 
Um, okay, so uh, okay, you mentioned Fields. Top, but, you know, no, no, no. I mean, from a Packers fan perspective, <laughs> we are all in on CJ Stroud. Let's let's go in. Let's let's do this. You guys suck so much here at this point. You know, this different podcast. Yeah, different yeah podcast. I, know. I, I was so excited to go to the Dallas game this week. And, uh, you know, that uh, that came, oh, we're that selling came our tickets. real fast for me. I, yeah, I'm not selling these tickets, but the week six, 17 and uh, 18 Vikings and Lions tickets are definitely going to be up for grabs. Yeah, I don't know who's paying for them. That's the problem. Okay, yeah, so different know. podcasts. I want to go to Lambo for the first time. But yeah, yeah anyway, <laughs> sidetrack. More quarterbacks, Joe. You, you, you had mentioned Justin Fields facing the Lions, and the Lions defense looked pretty good against the Packers. Well, it's because the Packers suck. Flip side, mm-hmm. you got the Lions offense going against the Bears defense. Yeah, Tua and the Dolphins scored 35 of them and probably should have scored more, but Tua's short arm to throw to Jalen Wild to end that game that kind of kept it close. I'm not convinced Jared Goff is going to be that good fantasy-wise, but you're looking at a group of streamers where the bye week's kind of decimated a little bit now that you're using Mac Jones, but Zach Wilson, mm-hmm. perfectly good uh, possible streaming candidate. Same same would go for, um, you would think uh, Joe Burrow is on the same fringe. He's probably a player to start most weeks, but you got Jared Goff, Daniel Jones, probably the top one, although last time he was the top waiver wire pickup, stunk for me when he was filling in for Josh Allen. Jimmy Garoppolo, Marcus Mariota, Thursday night game against the Panthers with the Gaia. Which one of these streamer options are you kind of considering this week if you're replacing Lamar or uh, Joe Burrow? Yeah, I know Daniel Jones left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths uh, when he was playing against the Seahawks in what was a favorable matchup and barely had double-digit points following up his near near 30-point fantasy effort against the Jaguars the week before. But he's a player that is only 40% rostered. A ton of teams, like I said, theme of the show, dropped him on the bye week this week. And um, Houston has been... Oddly, this is one of the weird stats here. They're number four against opposing quarterbacks, but I think that's just because they're getting blown out and teams run the ball. So, you know, if, I don't know, the Giants coming the Giants coming off a bye could uh, very easily, uh, you know, put up some points there. And then Daniel Jones has Detroit right after that. So it's a nice upcoming schedule. There's availability. I think he is the first option that you're looking at um, streaming-wise. Uh, otherwise, you know, you can go back to Marcus Mariota, 33% Thursday night game. I don't love starting bad quarterbacks on Thursday night because the play mm. isn't great to begin with. But um, after watching what uh, what the Eagles or what the Panthers, I'm sorry, allowed last week, I could very much see that. I mean, I'm not interested in Andy Dalton, very limited interest in Taylor Heineke at Philly, you know, and then you're looking down, then you're down to the Kenny Pickett, Davis Mills, Jacoby Brissett tier. So um, really it's uh, it, it's Daniel Jones, maybe Mariota. You can make a case for Jimmy G too, 39% rostered against the Chargers, that defense. Uh, hasn't been the greatest, and we mentioned some of their injuries last week with their top corner signee uh, being out for the season here. So you know that that's an option too if you're if you're really struggling here. But definitely looking for Danny Dimes first. Yeah, I think he's he's first and foremost. And, and other than Mariota, who I'm actually okay with from the rushing perspective, if we're fine with Justin Fields as a quarterback one, and we should be, I feel like that's the same thing with Marcus Mariota, only the light version. You, know, you can get 15 points, 16 points if you're trying to fill in for Lamar Jackson. Um, or Joe Burrow in that instance. I guess I missed this. Um, Josh Allen reported this after the injury Sunday. Because I missed this, I don't want to talk about it on my butt. You want to elaborate on this bit further and what that means? For yeah, Kansas so it's Kingdom? an elbow or a UCL injury. I'm going to look it up exactly. And apparently his week 10 status is TBD. It's an elbow injury to his ulnar collateral ligament. If you're a baseball fan, you're familiar with that, is what uh, mm. sometimes requires Tommy John surgery here. And apparently there's a there could be related nerve jet damage here. So they're still in the evaluation st- stage. Apparently they're going to know more in 24 hours. I wouldn't expect Allen to practice much this week. He'll definitely take an injury tag heading into the week. Um, my two-quarterback league with Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts is looking, I don't know, I'm starting to get worried about that. I sure, I, unfortunately, Fields won't be out there for me, but uh, that 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 is that is probably going to be an issue for me. I, 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 we just don't know yet, so I'm putting it out here because it's Tuesday, and uh, you know, for two-quarterback leagues, if you have to make a bid tonight, uh, Case Keenum could be someone that a lot of people will have to target. And I wonder how – my question is, how does Case Keenum p- compare – to like that bottom barrel tier of guys in two quarterback leagues here. I'm talking the Kenny Pickett, Davis Mills, Jacoby Brissett, Andy Dalton, or whoever the Saints threw out there. I have to imagine Case Keenum is a little bit higher than that group of players just because of the team that Buffalo has built around him. They don't necessarily need to ask him to do a whole lot, but he can be plenty successful on, uh, you know, on short passes and uh, short to medium length with the, the type of receiving cord they have. 
And I'm looking at their schedule here. Vikings, Browns, Lions, Patriots. Only one of those teams is in the top half uh, in terms of rankings for fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. So if Allen does miss any time, um, Tuesday night's okay to put a preemptive bid on Case Keenum, but just know very well that Allen could turn out to be fine. We just it's it we don't know yet. Yeah, it's a tough question to answer regarding where he ranks among the the lower tiers of quarterbacks. I I don't think he's very good, but the issue is we don't have the answers Mm -hmm. to the test. So we we don't know how the Bills the Bills the Bills can't operate offensively with Case Keenum the way with they would with Josh Allen. Like you can't get Mm sixty yard touchdown runs with Case Keenum. You can't get five yard runs with Chase Keenum. It it doesn't work that way offensively. So do you use Singletary more? Does this yeah. become the Naheem Hines and uh, Zach Moss get more involved? Yeah. My answer would be no. I wouldn't think they would. So shorter mm-hmm. pass. It's 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 too difficult for me to say yeah. where Keenum ranks and how they want to use him. I put him about on the Heineke tier, if that makes any sense here. I put him probably above Kenny Pickett because that organization is in shambles. Put him ad- above Davis Mills. Put him above Jacoby Brissett because Brissett will probably, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson will be back here week 13, which maybe we want to touch on. But, um, but yeah, that's, I mean – Good enough to be a QB two in a twelve team two quarterback league, but uh, you know you, you know you're not crazy optimistic. You know, fifteen twenty points a week at best. Yeah, possibly a better answer to this question is: What do you do with Baker Mayfield, who took over for PJ Walker towards the end of that game for the Panthers? Actually, looked like he was a competent quarterback for the first time in about uh, sixteen games. I, you know, like we all know that Baker Mayfield's actually a better quarterback than PJ Walker, but the the baloney that had been going on in Carolina, I think, affected a lot of different things. Um, they have pass catchers, right? DJ Moore. Finally, our boy Terrace Marshall's getting uh, consistently good workload. Shocking what happens when you play in the I right need to position. Put him down in the receiver section again. I forgot to, but yes, get Terrence. Yeah, Marshall, well, we, ever, everyone knows that uh, we've been recommending him so much. Mm-hmm. We are the the fan, the the the, uh, the first and only Terrace Marshall fan show uh, here <laughs> on, on the podcast platforms. Exactly. So I, I think Baker Mayfield actually would be far more interesting to me than Case Keenum, and they have a good match against uh, the Falcons this week. I unless unless I miss something here, I don't know for sure that it's Mayfield's job here. He basically came in. I, I never thought I'd say this, Joe, but you're giving Baker Mayfield too much credit. He oh, came wow. in after halftime when they were down 42 to nothing, saw nothing but soft coverage against the Bengals defense that all they really wanted to do is just not give up a big play and be conservative and protect the lead. And then he looks good. So like as of yesterday, we have, you know, the latest on Rotowire. Obviously, this is sub- subject to change. You know, we'll see what the team does. But uh, it looks like PJ Walker is going to start Thursday night against the Falcons. So, um, very little Baker Mayfield interest. But you know, in the deepest of two quarterback leagues, if he's still hanging out there, you know, maybe there's a roster spot for him. You touched on Deshaun Watson. I think we'll get to that. Um, I guess I'll call it a conundrum towards the end of the show because we had a, a user question regarding that. Is there any other quarterback uh, conversation that you want to have before we move to the running backs? Yeah, I mean, the guy that was asking about uh, looking uh, ahead to the playoffs and wanting a QB2, Deshaun Watson's only 28% rostered, so I'd actually uh, I'd actually be looking to add him. I, I mean, Jacoby Brissett has filled in admirably, I, I would say, but he definitely hasn't been, you know, outstanding enough that he's going to suddenly unseat this quarterback that they brought in with a giant, giant contract here that's, you know, inexplicably. But Deshaun Watson's going to get the reins there, and that offense is uh, – it's better than I expected, and uh, they could do some damage with Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I guess since you brought it up, I'll I'll say I'm not convinced Watson's going to be all that effective, to be honest. It, we've seen in the NBA often when you bring in these uh, star players, but really just a new player into the system, there's no guarantees they're effective right away. And Brissett's gotten chemistry with Cooper and things like that. So just to say, oh, Watson's a better quarterback than uh, Brissett, he is doesn't mean that's going to translate that way immediately. Yeah. That's that's my bigger concern. Yeah. With Maybe this. there's some so. growing pains. And again, this guy's the guy who was in, in question was looking for a QB two. So, you know, there's there's little cost if he if he comes out there and stinks him up, you know, you can move on to one of these other guys. I mean, I, I would argue that this argue, this could be Deshaun Watson's best running game that he's ever had in his NFL career. And I mean, he has a, a true number one in Amari Cooper and, you know, mm-hmm. spoiler for later in the show. I mean, Donovan Peoples Jones is starting to uh, to get more oh, involved. Boy. And I think there's some skill there. So um, the and Njoku's coming back too. apparently he claims he's going to try to play week 10, which is an interesting thing. Maybe that knocks the value off Peoples Jones a little bit. But, you know, we'll see how that all plays out. Uh, I guess real quick, because it fit into what we're discussing with Josh Allen a little bit. Somebody had asked if they have Josh Allen in a 10 team league. Uh, would they make acquiring Tua off of waivers a priority? I think the answer is unequivocally yes. Like Tua, we're talking about like low-end quarterback ones. 
Tua needs to easily be in that top tier category. Yeah, I mean, it depends on, uh, you know, what the rest of your team looks like. And in 10 teamers, there are going to be studs out on the waiver wire. But I think, yeah, if you need, if you have a, if you're in the top half and need to protect yourself, make sure you get a playoff spot. Yeah, I would make Tua a priority. Now, the other side of that is, you know, you'd have to look at the rest of the list here, right? Because it's a 10 team league. Chances are they're going to be good quarterbacks out there, too. So if you don't get Tua, it might not be the end of the world. But getting Tua, is is good because one it stops somebody else from getting a potential QB one that they'll start mm-hmm. every week and two it, it just gives you some Josh Allen insurance so um I I I could see using a top waiver on that okay I I completely agree with you on that all right well let's transition over to the running backs before we do so let's get a word from our sponsors from Blue Wire obviously the video audience stick right around audio audience will be we'll be right back in a little bit here. we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, so last week we had mentioned from a running back perspective, Kyron Williams still has not been activated yet, which has been frustrating. Kenyon Drake, Mr. Two-Touchdown Monday Night Performance. Kenyon Drake looking pretty good. Uh, Latavius Murray, you know, the, the Cook, and Dontrell Hilliard. Kind of the recap of the trade deadline and what that occurred. Obviously, we were freaking out about the Naheem Hines and Zach Moss deal when it occurred because that was when we were live, but it hasn't really had any ramifications. Zach Moss was an activated for the game, even though Jonathan Taylor was out. So you have one guy that was acquired via trade, Jeff Wilson, uh, at about 50% rostered. And I had mentioned when they acquired yeah. Zach, Will- uh, sorry, Jeff Wilson, hey, more of a backup here in the situation. Uh, what are we going to be able to get out of him? Okay, he looked okay in his debut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, first off, he had more snaps than Raheem Mostert in his debut and one more target and an equal amount of carries. So Miami, regardless, is uh, committed to this two-back two back system. And, you know, if you look at Jerry's uh, backfield breakdown this week, he mentions that Mostert got the start, played 86% of the snaps in the first quarter, even got a short rushing touchdown. And then I don't know what happens. Wilson didn't take a single snap in the first quarter, then 47% in the second, 65% in the third, and 57% in the fourth. So that was just a, you know, there's no Mostert injury that was um, uh, reported. You know, if I looked at this blindly, I would say, oh, Mostert must have gotten hurt. No, that wasn't the case. Jeff Wilson came in with a pretty, um, you know, with a pretty significant workload. So if someone did drop him out of fear that he was going to be an afterthought in this offense, you know, similar to guys like Zach Moss or Naheem Hines in their debuts. Um, that was wrong, and I would I would take a look at Jeff Wilson first. Okay, yeah, I, I agree with you again. Kind of the theme of what we were discussing is looking at who was cut over the last two weeks, more or less, and, and see what you can do to capitalize on that. All right, so let's turn to the uh, Packers. Dismally bad and also dismally hurt. At one point, they had eight starters out during that loss against the Lions. You have Aaron Jones get banged up with a knee injury i'm not positive what that ended was up being. An ankle injury i think ankle injury I mean, okay dude that I, I i didn't think about that but that field turf like took a toll yeah Prashan like, gary I, done I, for the season romeo dobbs probably done for quite a while too yeah christian Rashawn watson gary is his first that, play injury as well yeah yeah i mean the packers suck uh yeah. and the injuries certainly did not help things either however you had a player return from injury kylan hill typically their kickoff returning it the kind of nasty injury last year where uh, the guy just splatted his knee, uh, and he was done for the season. If you remember, Kylan Hill actually was a really top, high-rated co- college prospect. Then had some shenanigans with the coach that really kind of pushed his guy back down to the seventh round. Well, if, it, if Aaron Jones is out and A.J. Dillon has been ineffective, maybe you have Kylan Hill in deeper leagues where he could be something you could consider. 
Yeah. So the thing is, is Aaron Jones, we've had mixed reports, right? He wanted to go back into the game. And then he said after the game, he didn't want to. It's good that he didn't go back in because of how sore the ankle is. Now he went and had his x-rays come back negative and suddenly he should be able to play this week. So, um, you know, like Alan and Jeff note in their sneaky ads video that they do every week, they're like, we'll see. You know, we'll see how how mm-hmm. this goes. But um, in the event that Aaron Jones doesn't play, I mean, this is how thin the running back waiver wire is this week. This illustrates it perfectly. But in the event that Aaron Jones doesn't play, I think Hill can kind of just jump into his role to some degree. I mean, A.J. Dillon, of course, will get an uptick in snap count. But I don't think A.J. Dillon's going to get 25 carries in, in any game whatsoever. I think they kind of keep that similar balance, one-two punch, use a two-back system with the edge of the Dillon, but enough to Hill. Hill, even after the injury in short spurts, looks pretty explosive. You know, he, he was always a plus athlete, yeah. right? You know, from, from his college days, you said, you know, he was, uh, you know, the rating went down due to non-football related things. And, um, you know, we've never really seen in our recent memory, um, you know, a Packer team that is, I don't, that, that is uh, just, uh, you know, tumbling downhill like this, right? You know, so how is, and how is Rogers' attitude towards everyone, you know, going to be affected in the, you know, affecting things in the locker room? Um, for me, Kylan Hill, he's going to have, he has something to prove no matter what. And he will be the least effective out of anybody by that. Um, because, you know, this is, this is, you know, pretty much pushing the reset button on his first real NFL shot. He has a lot to mm-hmm. prove and, and um, he doesn't care, you know, what the record is or what the situation is because he's, you know, he's not necessarily used to winning 10, 12 games every single year or more than that. So uh, maybe that's a maybe I'm twisting that narrative spin a little bit too much. But um, he's a player that, um, you know, if, if guys get rested at all down the stretch or if anything happens, I think he could go out there and um, and put up and maybe put up some numbers as part of a as part of a two back scheme here. So, um, again, only for the deepest of leagues uh, with the Jones news that apparently he's going to play. You probably don't have to pay a high price for him. Um, but, you know, your 14, 16 team leagues, I'll put a buck or two down and just see what happens with them. I was thinking I got a lot of empty roster spots on my uh, NFFC team, which is already dead in the water. You know, we're playing things out. That's the type of deeper league, 20 roster spots, 12 teams. I could see Kylan Hill. I guess a, a spoiler, I think there's actually a, a different Packers player that I think has a lot more value that we'll discuss when we get to the wide receiver section, given all the injuries that the Packers did end up dealing with. Kyron Williams, I think, continues to be my top wave wire recommendation on running back right now. Again, still an injured reserve. You look at the production that they've gotten out of Ronnie Rivers, and then Daryl Henderson was more of the top back into the mm-hmm. Buccaneers this week. Well, Ronnie Sam Rivers came back and still didn't do much, yeah. you know? Rivers moves to the cut list because Rivers didn't play a single offensive snap. He was exclusively special teams this past week. So he goes from getting noteworthy carries last week to, uh, you know, stashed away. They don't have a guy that they trust or even like, really. So, uh, you know, why not take a shot on Kyron Williams as your stash candidate? Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm right there with you on that one as well. Um, I guess other candidates here. So we had mentioned uh, with Jeff Wilson as far as a cut. Uh, like other people might have cut him and maybe consider him. The same goes for Chase Edmonds. Now, you and I differ, and we discussed this last week as well, too. I think Chase Edmonds has more value than you might be considering. Have you changed your tune at all over the week, or are you still saying, eh, it's going to be a bad committee, what do I really care about it? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really want to, you know, we didn't necessarily need to do this at length, but I did see that he dropped below 50%. And, um, you know, because, again, the Broncos were on a buy, so we're looking at those players. And, um I don't know. My interest is mild. It depends who I'm cutting for him. You know, I'm not going to cut a prospect stash like Kyron Williams or uh, Terrace Marshall for him. But if there is a dead weight, if I had to pick up a second defense or second IDP or something last week, um, you know, you know, I'd consider it and see what happens. Because I guess there there is some ceiling. There is some upside. But I don't think Melvin Gordon and Latavius Murray are both going to completely go away. And with double digit carries being the ceiling, I just I don't know that. uh that, that Chase Edmonds is necessarily the answer for anyone's fantasy teams. That's fair enough. I guess I'm rolling the dice at least one more week on uh, if Edmonds is worth a roster spot. We'll have to see. They had the mm-hmm. bye week to incorporate him, so there should be no excuse yeah. if Chase Edmonds is getting yeah. four snaps and Mike mm-hmm. Boone's getting 12. Then I, exactly. I know what's and you've been a bigger critic of, as anyone about Hackett and that uh, you know offensive scheme or lack thereof. So I don't know how you think you know the, uh, a guy getting one-third of the carries there is uh, – is going to necessarily do it. I just think he's I'm getting two thirds of the carries. That's why. Wrong. <laughs> um, okay, so Jarek McKinnon also kind of stinks, but still getting playing time. Uh, you know, our, our our disciple that we're following, Mario Puig, right, hates Jarek McKinnon for right, rightful reasons. Uh, I, I'm not convinced Jarek McKinnon's worth it, but where they continues to get the playing time, he does. 
there is that kind of to follow, at least. What are your thoughts, Jay? Yeah, this is a guy that you can add as a desperation flex because, you know, okay, so the Sunday night game was unique in, in a sense that it was close between the Chiefs and the Titans here. The, the Titans oddly seem to have that blueprint that might be able to give the Chiefs trouble, but this is a pure snap share opportunity situation here. Isaiah Pacheco continues to start, and I'm continuing to stash him but he's not getting very many carries here. He led the way with five carries compared to four for Edwards Alaire and three for McKinnon. What was interesting is McKinnon had a 60.8% snap share, only 22.7 for Pacheco and only 16.5% for Clyde Edwards Alaire. When you're on the, I mean, I know this game flow is a bit fluky here, but um, you know, your eight team, 10 team leagues, you know, Edwards Alaire has got to be getting down close to the drop area. And that, you know, after, if you're only out there for set less than 17%, of snaps i mean that just can't uh that can't continue here and uh mckinnon also got eight targets in the game so if there's a game if you need a desperation flex spot and there's a game in which the chiefs are the the point spread is close or the rare time that they're they find themselves as underdogs this might not happen until they see the bills in the playoffs um then then maybe uh then maybe mckinnon can be a a fill-in for a week for you because he's pretty widely available uh, you had mentioned Rashad White, at least in the rundown. It's interesting. I'm actually going to be cutting him in a league where I need to pick up a kicker in defense, uh, thinking that I could kind of sneak him through waiver wire and grab him next week. He has been getting more uh, more snaps, but it is a situation where he's not going to have much value unless Fournette gets injured, and the Buccaneers have just been playing poorly. I know they got the win. It was kind mm-hmm. of a, a last-second type of deal. So Rashad White's out there. Also, Isaiah Spiller. I did write this note earlier today. I was like, oh, hey. You know, rookie rookie fifth round pick actually doing what he's mm-hmm. supposed to. He, he was a healthy DMP for like the first six weeks of the season. Now, when um, Joshua Kelly was done for on injured reserve for the next four weeks, you have uh, Spiller kind of fitting into that backup yeah. committee role, and Sonny Michelle mm-hmm. getting bumped out say, of the equation. Yeah, based on the snap share, it looks like Spiller has uh, um, has overtaken Sonny Michelle and Austin Eckler. You know, the way that he's getting used, you know, could. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to put that on him because he's my stake league darling. But um, you know, he's he's missed games here and there in the past. It's certainly possible. Um, and they're in a the whole, the whole team is in a situation. You know, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. Who knows when they're going to be back? So um, yeah, take a look at those Chargers guys. But yeah, Spiller and Rashad White are guys that you pick up and definitely don't start right away. But you're hoping I, all of them are in the same group: Pacheco, Spiller, and Rashad White. Rostering any of them is better than having dead weight on your bench but you also can't expect to start them anytime soon and, and get a reliable source of production. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you on that one. Any, anybody that you want to mention from the cutting perspective, I know you always get some joy in doing that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, nothing too crazy this week. Uh, you know, I, I guess unless we want to, unless we boldly want to put Edwards Alaire on that list, but JD McKissick, obviously with that neck injury and seeing a specialist and who knows when he's back and Antonio Gibson being such a quality pass catcher, JD McKissick moves to the cut list. I mentioned Ronnie Rivers. He only played special teams. He's gone. Caleb Huntley had gotten like 16 carries in two of the past three weeks leading up to this week, but he's back on the cut list with uh, Cordero Patterson back. And uh, not only did James Conner play for the Cardinals after being very questionable and considered a game time call for most of the week, he dominated the touches there, had his highest snap share since week one. So, um, you know, unless I, there's a case to be made for holding on to Eno Benjamin, given how injury prone uh, James Conner is, but Benjamin and any of the other Cardinals running backs could be cuttable this week if uh, you needed to make a move. Let's uh, pivot over to the wide receivers before we do so. Get a word from our sponsors, NFL All Day. NFL All Day is the officially licensed digital collectible of the NFL. It's a whole new way to express your fandom by owning the greatest moments from your favorite players and teams. Each moment on NFL All Day features a limited edition video highlight of one of the greatest plays from the NFL's past or present from OBJ's iconic one-handed catch to Patrick Mahomes' five touchdowns on five straight possessions to Brian Urlacher's 85-yard pick six against the Packers, of course. There's always truly a moment on NFL all day, every day for every NFL fan and doesn't stop at being able to own a collection of your favorite moments because NFL all day rewards collectors for their fandom. You see NFL all day collectors have earned once in a lifetime experience, like literally going on stage at the draft, to announce draft picks and meeting some of the biggest names from the uh, 2022 NFL draft at the NFL PA rookie premiere. What's the best way to get started? Head to NFLallday.com to sign up and redeem a free limited edition NFL collectible featuring Patrick Mahomes. Don't miss out on NFL All Day's next generation fan platform and start unlocking rewards and experiences today. Before we get to the wide receivers, Jake, real quick, and I am of course gonna have to transition where I'm standing here. We're gonna we're gonna get the power uh, power spot over here as I get my computer charger set. We had a question here I, I've been uh, discussing with Jacob Glazer here 
on the comment section. I guess I want you to weigh in as well too, Jake. He's asking, what value do you have for DJ Chark? Rest of the season, of course, Chark's on injured reserve right now. Uh, he's trying to, uh, trying to argue. He's not, we're having a conversation. He's trying to say, hey, water super two for the Lions um, with TJ Hawkinson gone. Does that have any value to you? What's your thoughts? Let's just assume you have to waste a roster spot. You don't get the free IR spot. You have to waste a roster spot. What do you think about DJ Chark? I don't think that he's someone that you need to go out and uh, use a roster spot on or a bid on or anything. I think, if anything, the week that he's activated, you can probably pick him up for next to nothing or free of charge. I mean, he was he was inconsistent uh, when he was out there. I mean, the first week, yeah, he had four for 52 yards and a touchdown. Then the second week, he was out there on the field for 40 snaps and wasn't uh, didn't get a single reception on four targets. And, I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown is the man. Uh, Josh Reynolds and Khalif Raymond are capable. They're using their young tight ends. And DeAndre Swift is back. I don't think he is a he is so far from an automatic start when he's back that uh it, it's only worth it in the deepest of leagues for me to am I am I misreading this? I didn't expect to get asked about DJ Shark today. Uh, no, no. I well, and that's why I've been discussing with him. He's trying to say, okay, well, you got the wide receiver two for the Lions. Jamison Williams probably not gonna play this year. I, I right, we all knew that to begin the year. I'm not sure why that changed the equation. Mm-hmm. And you're right, Shark didn't get used all that much when he was out there. I think Josh Reynolds is okay, and he certainly has a chemistry with Jared Goff dating back to his days with the Rams, which I think matters in this. But it's also fair to say that when the Lions' offense was the best, and it was earlier this season, they were really good, mm-hmm. Chark was not being used all that frequently. That's my biggest concern. Now you have the Lions kind of struggling a little bit more. It's tough. I, I'm not kind of uh, considering that. I will also take blame here, Jake, because I thought, and we had discussed this last week, uh, given the news of Keenan Allen, and we both didn't project him to play, Mike Williams out as well, too, that there was going to be really this uh, committee receiving approach. No one was really stand out. Well, that was wrong because Josh Palmer ended up being a pretty big factor in the Chargers' eventual win. DeAndre Carter doing more of the deep route specialist stuff that we saw him do earlier in the year. And Michael Bandy, the undrafted rookie, was the guy that ended up being the bubble specialist that Carter was relegated to earlier this season. Mm-hmm. I, there was this, I don't know if you saw this at all. I was doing the research for the Chargers, so forgive me if I bore you, Jake. Uh, last last two weeks prior to this week, Michael Bandy had Bandy had eight targets and got negative yards on the eight targets combined in two weeks. Through three weeks, he has 17 targets and just 25 total yards. That's incredibly inefficient. Incredibly inefficient. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think uh, you know, I'm looking at it right now. I'm trying to dive into this Chargers situation here. We probably should have uh, stressed that a little more. I, I, of course, you know, I'm blindly here holding out hope that Keenan Allen is going to play here. But uh, Josh Palmer, he's now up to 72% rostered as he should be after after 10 targets last week. He proved that he can carry this offense a little bit, and uh, it, it it stops them from having to target Austin Eckler literally 20 times in a game. You know, he still had nine targets and a receiving touchdown. But, um, yeah, Palmer's, uh was the guy, and he's a solid pickup there. He's definitely one that, uh, that that is worth revisiting and probably typing in first just in case. All right, your boy, Miko Hardman, right? You were, you were saying, I'm going to get a stack of the Chiefs guys, and I'm going to get them all correct. And you almost did, right? I mean, MVS is about mm-hmm. the only loss right there. Miko Hardman's looking good. Patrick Mahomes is carrying your stake league team. Travis Kelsey, if he went that direction too, has been fantastic. Juju Smith-Schuster has been everything he paid for. Congrats, Jake. You are the better stake league fantasy player, all <laughs> that and more. But Miko Hardman at 48% rostered. Are you uh, investing a waiver wire, top waiver wire priority on Hardman, who has been a really good red zone threat for them most of this year, kind of like Tyreek Hill was uh, when he was with the team last season? Yeah, he's interesting. I don't know if he's a top waiver priority guy just because uh, it, it's going to be frustratingly inconsistent, um, you know, the way I see this. So, uh, sure. And, I mean, l- listen, uh, you know, the Juju Smith-Schuster stack is finally coming around because I was uh, I was, uh, I was worried about that, to be honest, at the start of the year. But he seems to be fully acclimated, and it's Kelsey and Juju. And, uh, I mean, in stake league, I'll make a claim to – Drop MVS and pick up Hardman and put a couple bucks on it, but I'm not going to be bent out of shape if I don't get it. Um, and I just want to look at his game log here to see if he's as inconsistent as I'm discussing because um, I just I, I don't know if I trust him to start on my roster on a week to week. And and there are a lot of other guys that um, are tough now. So okay, so three weeks in a row, ten point two, twenty four, and thirteen point four um, fantasy points here. But you know, over the first 
four weeks of the season, you know, it was, it's like a combined 12 fantasy points. So are we buying that he has went ahead and turned the corner? Possibly. Um, but, uh, you know, he's definitely on the radar. He's someone that you can uh, pick up in an otherwise thin week. But, you know, I've got some other names on here that I'm either just as interested, if not more interested in here. So um, I can do these in – what are we looking at for time? I can do these in quick hit form or we can elaborate on a couple guys. You can dive in a bit more on Wandale Robinson and Michael Gallup because those are the two that are most intriguing to me. But mm-hmm. uh, quick hit the rest of them if you want to. Yeah, I was going to say people Jones, people's Jones is one of the most intriguing, but there's been a, uh, but there's been a little bit there. So, uh, Wandale Robinson again, um, you know, he's, he had been seeing his role growing leading up to the buy. A lot of people who stashed him were forced to cut him because of the buy. He's got Houston and Detroit next up here. So, uh, yeah, he's someone that you look at at only 25% rostered. Michael Gallup's another guy that I'm surprisingly fell down to 39%. I checked. He's not even available in my 10-team league, though. Um, people just had to cut him during the bye, and Dak Prescott is back, and I think he is. Um, he's the wide receiver two there and might function as the wide receiver one a couple weeks with Gallup. And then the guy I actually wanted to mention was Donovan Peoples-Jones, um, you know, obviously a stellar plus athlete uh, at the position here. Um I remember him, we talk about back to his Michigan days. He has been productive. He had a season high 81 yards here. And, um, you know, in PPR scoring, he's been in double digits uh, four of the last five weeks leading up to the bye. And and the one week he wasn't was nine points. So he's getting used a lot. But the one word of caution there is is that David, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, what? I was going to say lack of targets. I mean, uh, I think. No more than five each of the last three weeks. He's getting the big plays, mm-hmm. but if the big plays aren't there, well, then then yeah. you're at you're I mean, taking a zero. Since week four, nine, seven, five, six, four for people's Jones. So yeah, not a ton, I guess, in the past week, but um, you know, reasonable enough volume here. And um, the, the one the one concern is David Njoku says he's going to play, and um, I think that'll suck some targets away from people's mm-hmm. Jones. So that so that's the worry there. But um, uh, you can get them for pretty cheap. Um, you know, the Browns are, he's, he's getting reasonable volume. <laughs> he's a big play threat sometimes, and we're, we're going to get what we, I don't know if we agree on this, but what I assume will be an upgrade at quarterback here in week 13 in three weeks here. So, and you look at his schedule for the fantasy playoffs, you know, that's on my mind now, since that very first question, uh, week 15 is Baltimore week 16 is new Orleans. Uh, week 17 is Washington and week 18. And that's with Watson that, as your quarterback. Pittsburgh. Yeah. And that's, yeah, so it's with Deshaun Watson as your quarterback yeah, yeah. with bottom 10 uh, defenses against opposing wide receivers. New Orleans is barely outside the bottom 10, but close. Um, that's why you're the best, James. I love that. So, I love that. So, I mean, there's just a, a culmination of factors. So you, you, you do the pros and cons chart, right? The con is Njoku's coming back and he'll eat some target. The pros, significant quarterback upgrade. And fantastic rest of season schedule. So you make your own call, I guess, with that, where you want to stack him up against uh, Hardman, Gallup, and Wandale Robinson there. And uh, the last guy I just wanted to mention was Jarvis Landry. Um, of course, I expected that he would be back Monday night, but he wasn't. The Saints need a wide receiver, too. Olave is clearly the guy. Um, but, you know, someone like Landry in the slot could really help that offense. And, uh, you know, maybe you take a speculative ad on him if someone's finally cut bait. But people are starting to scoop him back up now, too. So just the name you know I throw my, out there. You know my biggest takeaways from that. Uh, I think Amari Cooper is the most interesting trade candidate uh, of out there. I mean, that is a fantastic Ooh, uh, playoff schedule. Jacob Glazer has been desperate for another wide receiver. Trade the house for Amari Cooper because you get Watson back, you have that schedule for the playoffs, and you're talking 12 points minimum floor. That, that's that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I hadn't really realized that, and you don't think about the Browns as a team that you want the receivers. For the playoffs, but that's that's a really yeah. good strength of schedule for the, the throwing. The schedule is great. Now I didn't I didn't get a single Amari Cooper this year because I was Neither very worried about Jacoby Brissett. So now might be the time to uh to pony up and see what you can get. I, I I'm I glad we discovered that. We discovered that live here. I I had put People's <laughs> Jones with the uh, rationale of uh you know steady production and a better quarterback, but I didn't even look at the schedule until live, and uh that's fantastic. That puts another tally mark uh, in his corner. Yeah, we had mentioned – I had asked you to talk about Wandale Robinson only because Daniel Jones is our top streaming quarterback against the Texans this week. I do think Wandale Robinson will do fine enough in a pretty plus match. Even though the Texans' defense has been better than their offense, the Giants have played well, and you think with a good coaching staff, they'll come up a bye. 
uh, ready and prepared in what looks like a, a layup matchup overall. So yeah, Wanda, uh, like I, I said, his role was growing lot. leading up to the buy. Saw more than two thirds of the snaps in each of the past two weeks. You know, if you buy into that theory where they let the rookies loose after the bye week, then uh, then maybe we have something here. So go for it. Can I can I give you an off the off the record uh, pickup waiver wire? Yeah, yeah, hit me. You're uh, more than welcome. All right, so deep waivers, obviously, but I, so I play in the dynasty owner, obviously title sponsor for us back in the day. Uh, 30 roster spots. It's deep, 10 people. How about Samare Toure, right? I mean, we're talking about Kylan Hill as a possible pickup. Oh, yeah. Uh, you look at Romeo Dobbs out. Alan Lazard's been banged at much of the season. Sammy Watkins doesn't know how to run straight. You know, like, there are better. I, I think he's actually a really, really good in deeper wave wire, and I'm thinking specifically mm -hmm. like the Rotowire Online Championships as well, too. Why not? I think Toure, yeah. especially if you think the season's going to go south like I do, Feels like a perfect yeah, play. I mean, if they get to a point where it's full on tank mode and Jordan Love does end up playing, which will probably spell the end of Aaron Rodgers uh, for certain, if it you know if that hasn't been spelled out already, um, you know that's certainly a possibility. But uh, remember, remember that Christian Watson's only three percent rostered right now, and um, we'll see what's going on. You know, I actually haven't yeah, had the heart to even look at the Romeo Dobbs injury, um, and it looks like a high sprain. ankle sprain for Dobbs. So you know, just to recap here. We have, um, you know, we have Randall Cobb on IR, Dobbs high ankle sprain. Alan Lazard has been banged up off and on all season here. Sammy Watkins is there, <laughs> right? But yeah, um, he's like by by literally by the default of the word there. But I don't think mentally he's anywhere close to actually being there. He's been awful. Yeah. He's been so bad. I don't know. Every once in a while, I see him make a block downfield or a tackle on an interception that's that makes it look like he cares. Yeah, an interception. yeah, that's what I want my wide receiver <laughs> to be good at doing is tackling off an interception. But I, I mean, Watkins was out there for 82.6% of the snaps, and Watson, on the other hand, saw less snaps than Toure. Um, but Watson and Toure, yeah, sure, put them both in the mix. I feel like uh, Watson will get used more in the short term, or maybe not. Maybe not. We'll see. No, hold on, hold on, Jake, Jake. I got, I got the joke. I got the joke right here. Just wait. You said uh, Christian Watson's rostered only 3% of the leagues, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. That's about as many snaps as he's played all season. Boom. Roasted. That's it. There we go. There we go. Yeah, I'll, I'll eat that one. That, the, okay. that is fair. Um, Thank you, yeah, Christian Watson. Watson. He just ranks there because he's you know the higher draft pick popular name, but also remember that he's a concussion away from a long absence. Yeah. Uh, any cuts at wide receiver? I guess uh, I would just say my whole spirit when I'm watching the Packers is a cut, but that doesn't count from a fantasy perspective. Anybody that you wanted to mention? Yeah, I mean, I guess nobody I had down specifically. I suppose you could let Dobbs go with a with a long absence ahead. Um, I don't know. I'd have to think on that more. I, I'd, I'd take your uh, add drop questions on and see if that's worth it. Oh, here, hold on. So this is a good one. Um, Al Lazard was dropped in somebody's 10-team league. Who should they uh, drop for him? Josh Palmer, Adam Thielen, or my boy, Deontay Johnson? Ooh, I actually want to keep Deontay Johnson because – um obviously Claypool's gone he'll be a target machine and see even with bad quarterback play and poor efficiency the volume will be enough for him to stay uh just this pr productive um let me look at the, ooh, the Vikings are interesting I, I you know even though Palmer was good my cut is Palmer my gut says Palmer's the cut there because they'll eventually get healthy and Lazard should be uh productive here for the rest of the season so um, you know, at first glance, I think, uh, yeah, I think the cut is Palmer, but I don't know. Are you with me there? Yeah. So like Palmer's going to be good for the next two or three weeks. When Keenan Allen comes back, I do have some concerns about it. So you're kind of, you're, you're destroying your opportunity for top side upside to start. But I also think Alan Lazard is going to be a tremendous fantasy asset for the rest of the season, provided he's healthy. Like every mm -hmm. game that Lazard is healthy, you're talking about at least seven or eight targets provided Rogers is playing. Right. I and mean, that's the key part of this and 60 or 70 yards. He's somehow their their best slot threat and deep specialist, and he probably runs like a 4-9-40. It's, it's really kind of incredible. Um, but I think Lazard's pretty good and has a rapport with Rodgers and the only one. So, yeah, I'll cut Palmer as well, too, for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's the last guy standing there Rodgers trusts. Uh, let's move over to tight ends before we do so. Let's get a word from our sponsors. Monkey Knife Fight Football is officially back. A monkey knife fight has been all season with all NFL action you're looking for. And if college ball is more of your speed, they got plenty of that too. A monkey knife fight, there's no sharks, no sour caps, and no math. Thank goodness. It's just easy to play, easy to win. Daily fantasy player props join now at monkeyknifefight.com and you get your first and you'll get your first free game. Uh, you'll get your first game free. Then use promo code RWNFL to get your first deposit matched up instantly to 100 dollars So what are you waiting for? 
monkey knife fight today. Uh, tight ends, hey, Greg Dulcich obviously has been a topic for us the past couple of weeks. Broncos were on by. It's possible people had either cut him or just weren't able to pick him up. That would be one of my first targets. However, Mr. Two Touchdowns himself, Paul Komet, also right up there at the tight end position. Yeah, yeah. I still think Dulcich ranks number one uh, for sure. He's only 37% rostered. And um, a lot of people also don't remember uh, the London game that he had before the bye week where there was the one, there was one drive that they're, I mean, they're go ahead drive late in the game. You can just call it the Greg Dulcich drive because Wilson targeted and hit him three times and he fell just, he, he was down at the one yard line in, in his final catch on that drive before Latavius Murray punched it in. We, this could be a very different conversation and that ownership number could be a very different number if he actually gets in, in the end zone that game, because then he's coming off a near 20 point fantasy day in this tight end wasteland. So I actually really like Dulcich. I think he's taken over the number one job. I mean, the fact that, you know, as a rookie, the first game he comes off IR, he's used instantly and then continues to be used heavily. He gets open. He finds separation. And uh, whether it's, you know, Russell Wilson or, or Ripping, or obviously it's Russell Wilson, but uh, they seem to like going to him. So uh, Dulcich is number one. Uh, Fant is interesting. Um, I think you do need to prepare yourself for, or, I'm sorry, not Fant. Cole Komet, I, I spoiled the next guy I wanted to talk That's about. That's fine. You can discuss no offense. Yeah. yeah, no, Cole Komet, he, he's interesting, um, but I do worry about inconsistency largely. And I guess, you know, when you're streaming and, and shuffling tight ends, inconsistency is just something that you have to stomach week to week. But I think for every every touchdown week, or every two touchdown week, he's going to have a one catch for seven yards week. Now, mm. granted, it's nice that he was used in the red zone. And um, maybe they go back to the well on that, you know, and it's part of Justin Fields improvement and it's part of uh, and it's just a guy that he starts to look to more and they maybe call his number more a little bit there in the red zone here. But I, I do have some worries about inconsistency, whereas uh, it's less so with uh, with, with dual switch. Everyone's going to want to everyone will make the bid for Komet after this huge week here. But I still think dual switch is the better pickup here. And then yeah, I, I yeah, agree with you yeah. on that. Keep going. Uh, yeah, and then I dropped Noah Fant here uh, on the list. He's coming off basically his best game of the season, five catches on six targets for 96 yards. Um, you know, we'll see what's going on with the uh, with the whole Seattle wide receivers and their injuries and everything. But um, Fant is someone that I've, you know, I've held on to our in our dynasty league because of deep rosters and the fact that I just don't have a reliable tight end here. Um but, you know, from week to week, he's someone that you can maybe plug and play and hope for five, six points, maybe a little bit more. So, you know, Fant fits our threshold. But uh, I would definitely rank him Dulcich first and then uh, and, and then Komet before uh, before Fant. And uh, obviously, if likely is, uh, I wonder, I wonder where, where would likely fit into that mix for you if uh, if he were available? Because Mark Andrews is not known necessarily as an injury prone guy, doesn't miss a lot of games. Um, where would likely fit into that? Would you put it given, probably above Fant, given, but... Well, given that he got just one catch in what should have been the biggest layup of his entire career, and they're on by, I don't even know if I have him above Fant. You know, I, I did, I'm not. He's so inconsistent. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, the, I forgot about the bye week. That'll do it. Um, I mean, the one the the one thing in his favor is that he did lead the team in targets, and in, it was in a game where the game script was Baltimore all the way. They just didn't have to throw. I think Lamar sure. attempted twenty two yeah. passes, and they ran forty times. So, uh, with that kind of distribution, you know, you're never going to see a lower. But um, yeah, so you're right. Yeah, fan probably above likely here, and we'll have to see how Andrews looks out of the bye. But I bet you, yeah, I bet you next week. Yeah, there's so yeah, there's no rush to pick up likely now. We'll wait and see on that situation. And then next week his ownership will probably be down to like 10%. We can get him for next to nothing. I want your one, I want your one minute breakdown of defensive streamers. Because obviously with the Patriots and Ravens out, people are probably gonna be looking for him. But we have a ton of questions and I want to make sure that they get the answers from Jake that they need. So give me your one minute breakdown on the defensive guys. Right on. So uh, obviously you don't want to see it after last night, but the Saints are 38% rostered. They head to Pittsburgh. I don't love them on the road, uh, but defense, again, hasn't necessarily been the problem there. Uh, you could easily take the inverse of that with how Andy Dalton's playing. So their name I wanted to mention. I also wanted to mention the Raiders, 50%, 15% rostered. They're at home against the Colts and what will probably be one of the lowest over-under games of the year. We'll see what Jeff Saturday cooks up for Indianapolis, but I don't expect that offense under Ellinger to suddenly turn that around until they go to Foles, which uh, won't happen because they want to, you know, that'll, 
it's a good obstacle for the Packers tanking, right? Because the Colts are going to be worse <laughs> no matter what. Um, anyway, so now some actual ones. We've got uh, we've got Jerry's pick here and one that I kind of agree with. Uh, Giants are 8% rostered. They're home against the Houston Texans and Davis Mills. And uh, on top of that, they have the Lions next week. So there's possible Ooh. multi-week streamer there. Giants at 8% are probably the first bid that I'm putting in if I'm looking to stream. Um, I'm also considering the Titans they're, because they're at home. They held Mahomes in check last week and they get the Broncos. Now Broncos are coming out of a bye. We'll see what they hook up. I'm not too confident about it. And then another candidate at 7% rostered is the Atlanta Falcons. I believe that was the pain pick this week. Uh, they are at Carolina, so I don't necessarily love streaming bad defenses on the road, but given what we saw from PJ Walker last week and given, you know, a short week Thursday night football um, with, you know, generally lower scoring, um, you know, Falcons are on the radar as well. So you, chances are you don't have to get that deep, but uh, some those are some defenses to consider. I, I love that Giants call. I hadn't even thought about them against the Texans, but at 8% rostered, they're widely available. That makes a great thing. Jerry's been fantastic at that all year long. I'm glad we use him as a resource. Okay, Jake, are you ready? We did lose Xavier have... McKinney in some kind of off Oh, yeah, uh, you know, RV, RV accidents, right? Or, or, uh, sorry, whatever, riding around the – yeah, I mean, just typical things that you and I do every day while we're in uh, Puerto Rico or whatever it is, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Normal That's where things. I go on the bye week. <laughs> okay, so I have been talking about these as best I can while we're discussing it the rest of the show. I have confused Adam Weber uh, and combined his questions into Jacob Glazer's one of those two. So we've, we'll have to like sort through all these because I've, I've been uh, inconsistent. We'll, we'll blame it on the sickness. So we'll start first with Brady Hill's question. I'll put it on the screen here for you. Should, should they trade Chris Godwin? Amon Ross, St. Brown, and Kyle Pitts for Alave and Hopkins. Um, oh, it's tough without the rest of the roster, but I take the Olave and Hopkins side. And I think I'd keep the Goblin and Amon Ra, although I know Kyle Pitts has been inconsistent. So, I, like, I it's not. It's it, very, I promise. You know, it's I mean, not if a you Kyle have a serviceable tight end to uh, to plug in, um, I think the upgrade. I think Amon Ra to Hopkins is an upgrade, and I think Godwin to Olave is an upgrade. So, if you can, if you can plug. If you can plug Pitts, someone in for Pitts, maybe grab dual switch. I'd go for it. Okay, that's fair enough. So this person, Adam, has been stashing running backs. They have Saquon, uh, Khalil Herbert, Krim Hunt, Rashad White, Elijah Mitchell. So really they have like one starter. Khalil Herbert's been inconsistent. Alexander Madison, Pacheco. Would they, should they drop one of them for Jeff Wilson instead? I would drop Elijah Mitchell would be first. I mean, there are multiple... I think you could you could drop Pacheco for Wilson. You could drop uh, Madison for Wilson if you wanted to. But I think Elijah Mitchell's um, top on the list. Yeah, he's designated to return from IR. But how many touches is he actually going to get with Christian McCaffrey in that backfield? Do you think he can carve out five touches a game? And I do. I think that's what stealing? Jeff Wilson did before the trade. Yeah. Yeah, sure. But, I mean, is that startable fantasy production with any type of ceiling? At least with Madison, you have a big ceiling if um, – if Cook were to go down and with Pacheco, you have a, um, you know, th th there's a little bit of that unknown factor. You know, maybe he he suddenly clicks one week and starts to break out or maybe they're just saving him for, you know, the late season push. You know, so there's a, there's more upside with Madison and Pacheco than there is with Mitchell. I could see cutting all three of them for Jeff Wilson, but Mitchell's the first guy that I cut. I think I'm going Pacheco if I'm answering that question. 18 snaps and then 20 snaps the past two weeks. They had the buy sandwich to between. He's getting more playing time. But he's just the runner, and you have Jarek McKinnon yeah. doing dumb Jarek McKinnon things, and Edward Slayer's still around. That's that's where I have my bigger. To me, it still means something that he's the starter, and I don't know what yet. But you know, I'm I'm taking a little bit of the unknown there. Okay, all right. So uh, Marco was really anxious about this one. Should he trade Devonte Adams and Travis Etienne for Diggs and Kamara? I think I know the answer to this, but I, I want your thoughts. That's going to be a no for me, dog. I keep Devonte and Etienne. Yeah, I mean, like unequivocally. I know Stephon Diggs is fine, but you have Devontae mm -hmm. with his bye week over. ETN still to come, but Kamara yeah. still has his as well. That, that's easily. I mean, Kamara's uh, not even the unquestioned uh, bell cow with Ingram. Uh, Dwayne Washington got a bunch of carries last night. Did he really? Yeah. I didn't even know. Yeah, and I, uh, and, and now, now granted, that's smart to preserve Ingram or Kamara, I'm sorry, for the long haul here, but I, and I might be a little bit recency biased watching Kamara run into traffic a bunch of times last night and <laughs> not really breaking out until they were down 20 points and still giving him handoffs. So, um, yeah, Kamara's interesting. Diggs is fantastic, but uh, uh, ETN, you know, 
he might be able to make a case for top five, top three, number one back rest of the season. Oh, yeah. And, uh, Devontae Adams and uh, I forget the other and Diggs. Um, yeah. You know, maybe maybe Diggs tiny bit higher, but but you never know that. You know, they, they could easily be equal rest of season, especially if there's any kind of Josh Allen thing going on. So stick to Devontae and ETN in that trade for sure. A couple more questions here, Jake. And if you, anyone else tries to straggle in, we're going to be ending the show soon here. So someone just trade Stevenson, Ramondre Stevenson, Alan Lazard and Najee Harris for Kenneth Walker, Devonta Smith, and Tony Pollard. Which side gets the win on that one? Now, this is tough because I always, you know, even I'm sure you do this with Ask an Expert, but my rule of thumb is who gets the best player in the trade is the winner, yeah. regardless of whether that mm-hmm. other other stuff happens. The best player in this trade is Kenneth Walker. Um, you know, it's Kenneth Walker and ETN. I mean, it's 1A and 1B in Dynasty, and both definitely top five backs rest of season, guys that you want. As much as I love Stevenson and as much as Lazard's still going to be around, Najee is basically a bench player at this point. Pollard, we saw what he can do. Pollard and Smith are our borderline flex benches. But, you know, if your depth can support it after trading two of those running backs, I want the Kenneth Walker side. It's funny. I looked at this and I thought, boy, that's a loss for the, the Kenneth Walker side. Like, I I thought they, they got a really good or they got a good deal out of Stevenson and Lazard. And the more I think about it, actually, it's just a, a genuinely fair trade. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, Stevenson is a step down for Kenneth Walker, but not dramatically. And I think you're pricing in the risk of Damian Harris coming back and really taking over more of that workload. Al Lazar is a significant upgrade over Devonta Smith. And I know Smith has been good at times, but just yeah. good at times. And the Najee mm-hmm. and Tony Pollard, they're both wild cards. Yeah. Inconsistent. One is outside um, of Pollard. Yeah, we didn't talk about uh, Jalen Warren in the running back thing, but I believe they were just on by this past week. So his ownership is down a little bit. And uh, Warren has quietly been just as effective, if not more effective than Najee Harris in the few weeks leading up to the buy. So, um, you know, that's another stash candidate if you're looking. There's been some really good questions. So I apologize, Jake, that I'm giving you so many, but this is another tough one. So they're offering Jerry Judy, Josh Palmer and Deonta Foreman for Waddle. He has the, the person that has Waddle has Thielen, Sutton, and AJ Dillon in the starting lap, all obviously not great players. So he feels like he's an upgrade for that trade, or is that a low ball offer? My initial thoughts were, yeah, definitely low ball, but you look at who's starting in that equation, maybe it isn't too bad of a deal. Yeah, maybe it's unique, but I tend to be averse to that guy in the league that takes like three players off their bench yep. that they're not starting anyway and tries to offer me for like one one pretty good player. One your star, yep. Yeah. Um, I actually like Judy rest of season. Um, Palmer, but I like is, Foreman actually. I, I'm okay with Judy rest of the season. He's, he's established himself as the one guy over Sutton. Um, Foreman, I don't know. I mean, I, obviously, games like last week and that kind of game flow isn't might not be the norm, or might it be? The Panthers could be the worst franchise in football right now. But Foreman will at least get a little competition for touches when Chuba Hubbard comes back, even if he is the number one. And who knows what happens with Josh Palmer? This could be his last 10 target game of the year if Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are suddenly healthy at some point. Allen probably comes back before Williams. I don't actually know that. That would just be my guess. So um, I would agree. It feels like you're just offering your junk for someone that's a surefire starter. And Judy, I'm okay. And and given the other guy's situation, um, I, I could see that to improve multiple starting spots. But it would be a little bit short-sighted giving up Waddle for that, I feel like, because you know we could be a couple weeks away from Foreman and Palmer being barely above replacement level on waivers. Yeah, I guess. I, I think Foreman has outplayed Chuba Hubbard and the fact that Hubbard can't get healthy. You got another game possibly with them playing Thursday where he'll establish himself as the dominant threat even more so. Although Blackshear, we didn't really discuss him at all, did have that late junk time touchdown for the Panthers uh, when the game was completely out of hand. It, I, I don't think it's that it, I don't think it's his offer. I guess I would say I would replace Palmer with some sexier eye candy, even if that player isn't fantastic. The Nasha Harris and Kyle Pitts are the perfect examples for it. Uh, somebody to that effect. Two more questions, Jake, and then we're done here. So uh, thoughts on trading Debo and David Montgomery for David Adams? Devontae Adams. I, I agree. Well, I, uh, or, so no, I, wait, I, I, I heard you say David Adams. Uh, that was my answer to the question. Hang on a second. <laughs> I have zero Debo for some strange reasons here. I had to double check on his uh, injury situation. Um, I would be okay with that because I think the best player in that deal is Devonte Adams and Montgomery. While the team in the offense is showing signs of life, uh, I still think he's Again, it wasn't the case this week, but I still think that in most weeks it'll only be like a 60-40 split between him and Herbert. So I'm okay adding adding uh, Montgomery as a kicker there. 
All right, and because you looked up Debo Samuel, it's perfect. Rest of season, do you like Debo Samuel more or Amari Cooper? We talked about Amari Cooper's really great playoff matchups in particular, but Debo is obviously the better player, better offense. So what's your thoughts? Yeah, this is tough because um, if you'd asked me before the show, I'd have said Debo, obviously, yeah, no doubt. Here. With what we uncovered <laughs> about Amari Cooper, now it's starting to get very, very, very close here. Um, we don't know what the situation is with um, – with Debo and his injury, I, obviously he's been banged up with a hamstring injury, uh, missed the week uh, before the bye. So, you know, we'll see what happens here. And had a couple uh, not super productive weeks and good matchups in the weeks leading up to the bye. Um, so I'm going to be bold and say, give me Cooper, I guess. Uh, Alan Soslowski likes to say that injuries will find you. You don't need to find injuries. If you can unload a guy that has an injury tag right now for a guy like Cooper with that playoff schedule, rest of season, and everything going for him, I'd do it. And I could probably get roasted for this in a couple weeks. But um, I'm I'm on the Cooper hype train right now after what we uncovered. Okay. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. All right. Well, that does it for us on the Tuesday edition of the RotoWire NFL podcast brought to you, of course, by No House Advantage. We'll be back again next week discussing some Week 11 waiver wire pickups. Of course, Jake, uh, keep your head up, right? College basketball has just started 200 games yesterday. I'm sure hey. probably 700 more by the end of the week. Uh, but we'll, we want you well-rested and ready to go for some more waiver wire recommendations. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I'll plug college basketball for just a quick second here. DFS gambling content every day on the site. Great tools, uh, great analysis, most comprehensive injury report you'll see on the in, uh, on the internet. Our team's doing a great job there. So if you have any interest in that, check it out. Yeah, the 200 games last night. They decided, well, let's just take everyone and make everybody play. They're saving the Champions Classic with the Blue Bloods until next week. But um, we're setting single-day note records both yesterday and today in college basketball more comprehensive coverage than ever before definitely uh check it out because that's uh that's what else i'm working on besides getting you guys the top uh, waiver wire recommendations every week yeah thanks everyone for listening thanks all for the great questions too we'll be back again next week everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium well magnesium is the number one mineral that 75 percent of americans are deficient in if you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.